Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with... Wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on Stitcher, iTunes, and NFL.com slash Shaq. We haven't a moment to spare. Week 8 is upon us now in a matter of hours at the time of this recording. The Chargers will kick off against the Denver Broncos. As you know, I picked the San Diego Chargers to win the AFC West. We're going to make our game picks not just for that one, but for the entirety of the Week 8 schedule. I have a hunch, though, a little sneak preview. I think the Broncos are going to win. This is too tall an order for the Chargers after that loss. Peyton got to put his feet up and and hang out in the short rest week and go into the thin air of Denver and all that. And also, I think the Broncos have a little chip on their shoulder because they've been because the Chargers have been held up as having the solution to what Peyton and company do. I think that the Broncos want to show that they still rule that division. That doesn't mean, though, that by the end of things, the Chargers won't indeed rule the division. I want to tell you real quick, make sure you look out for the Sheck Report is still up there at NFL.com. And also, a brand new feature, talk about picking games, I reveal my secrets to how I've been so very strong here in 2014. Spot on with some of my picks. I reveal the reason for that. It's football, baby. Go to NFL.com. Search for football, baby. You'll be glad you did. All right. Now, speaking about being glad, I'm glad to see the faces joining me here in Studio 66. Maximum strength! Or just new Studio 66. You don't have to kill the energy with that black tie behind the glass. We'll also be catching up with with James Laurinaitis of the Rams 
and with Gavin Escobar, who caught two touchdown passes last week in the Cowboys' victory. So uh, so be on the lookout for those two interviews. In the meantime, like I say, it's time for our game picks. First of all, let's say hello to a guy whose work you read surely each and every week at NFL.com. He does the power rankings. His game picks are up there right now for your perusal. You see him on the Fantasy Show. You see him on NFL Now. It's Elliot Harrison. What's the poop, fella? Apparently, he's never on time. <clears throat> We had a little bit of an issue. And a little bit of gargle there, too. Timeliness. <laughs> timeliness. That. But, uh, yeah, he got a little bit of heat when he walked in here to Studio 66. From the next man, I will introduce all the way from London, England, where there will be a football game on your television here on the west coast of, of the U.S. of A., 6.30 a.m. And for some weird reason, I can't wait to wake up early and watch that game. I don't know why. You're talking I, about Man United versus Chelsea, correct? Uh, get out of here. Black tie. You know what? It's weird already. You know, at some point. You, that is a big game on London on Sunday. I'm just saying. Terrific. You know, you, you, you understand. Kamish Goodell signs the paycheck for you, though, right? You, don't, you know what, though? In a weird way, I like it. I like that you're your own man, and you and you won't uh, you won't cede to you won't let your professional obligations get in the way of what your heart wants. All right, let's say hello to him. Like I say, all the way from London, England, he is our resident Miami Dolphins fan, fresh off a big victory for his Dolphins, so they stay relevant in the AFC playoff chase. It's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Dave. Well, not, you're let's not well. This, you let's usually, get this show going. I know you usually say very well indeed, Dave, but you're not because you and uh, EH a little I, bit of unfortunately, heat. You, you one scolded of my, him for being late. One when of my he red in. challenge flags is already on the ground. I had to throw it just at Elliot <laughs> um, for being late, and uh, Elliot's still looking angry with me. Can't you guys still see though also, that you have a lot in common? You're both you're both handsome devils. You both have on white button downs, and you both have the top button unbuttoned or, or the second button as well. Exposing your uh, your machismo. Well, we both. I mean, you you. That's that's the on the surface. What's underneath is really incredible muscularity around the upper body. Yeah, and Elliot and I also share. The one thing that in, that's different though is that Elliot's been drinking a, a smoothie, and has <laughs> bits of fruit all over his lips. That's not a way to mend the fence, though, handsome. Well, hey, maybe this will be a more entertaining red challenge flag segment. Maybe Elliot will even throw one. That's what I was just gonna say. You guys agree on everything once we get into the pick segment with the red challenge flag segment. We'll do that in a second. Real quick though, let's say hello to the emerging star here of the Dave Damashek football program. It really is quite a revelation. I think I, I think the kids say it's going viral is uh, is this new segment. Here he is from the NFL media stats department. Drew Statton. What's the poop with you, fella? I'd just like to point out that my shirt's buttoned all the way up and I have a T-shirt on. Because you and me are regular fellas. We don't feel like we have to try and win people over by showing, like I say, machismo. It just is. We ooze machismo, you know? I don't know what stage in my life I'm going to get chest hair. I just haven't, I haven't hit that stage yet. Real quick, we're going to get into the game picks here, um, but I got to get uh, your opinion on. on this because on Twitter, first of all, at handsome, I mean at uh, NFL UK, Hank, um, at Harrison NFL. Did I get that right? NFL yeah. Harrison. Yes. It's always it always confuses your, me. I know it's confusing because it was your suggestion. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> at uh, Christensen Drew and uh, at Damashek, but there's uh, some Twitter stuff going on in the last uh, day or so. 
I guess on the Around the NFL podcast, there was a discussion, Handsome, about the quality of Friends as a sitcom. Who likes that? Who likes that show here? I want to know who who votes yay on that show. Black guy. I vote yay. All right. Who else? I want I want the, I want a light shown on these people. You? Who else? I think it's just me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I don't believe that. I think Hanzoos also likes the oh, show. Oh, well, he's not in the room, so oh, we're not no, going to yeah. hear from I think, him right yeah, now. I think oh, yeah. Dan Hanzoos. Millions of viewers like the show. I no, mean. well, that's true. That's true. Most of them female, though. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's the one people of those like friends. So Hanzoos asked me the best sitcom. He said, if, if you don't think. That Friends is great, which I don't. You know, it was fine to see styles of the day and hairdos and everything like that. And, you know, some relationships develop over time and all that. But funny, funny it was not. Whatever else you want to say about it was not something that made you guffaw when you watched it. it Maybe went five or six series too long. Yeah. Or as we, yeah. Seasons. Seasons or whatever. They say series. I'll start with you, E.H., I have my little three here. What's your favorite? Well, Seinfeld, I think most people will say. Do you have a sitcom that you enjoyed in the 90s? In the 90s? I mean, Seinfeld was okay. I mean, I, I, I liked it every time I saw it. I mean, the, the uh, episode where Paul O'Neill has to hit a home run is ridiculously funny. And then uh, George leaving his car parked in front of it to make it look like he's working hard. That was great. But Friends, really? That would be like 393rd on my list. I, I sort I, of I could, agree. I, mean, I could I'm, never get into Jennifer Aniston. Could never get oh, it. What's, I, what's oh, the I guy? What's, what was the dark-haired guy? But Matt, Matt, uh, Matthew Perry. No, 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 no. Matthew Perry, oh, the dark-haired. David, uh, David oh. Schwimmer or the other LeBlanc. one. LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, neither one of those guys. Best best sitcoms of all time? No, in the nineties, Jess. Because oh, people say, 90s. well, there weren't very many good sitcoms on. Au contraire, there were well, there I were some legendary sitcoms, not just Seinfeld. I, well, I'll say this: I did not watch the show regularly, but everyone I've ever talked to. Everyone. I have never heard a single person disparage Frasier. I've heard everyone say nothing but amazing things about that show. So yeah, I would just take it right there. Great I would take, scripts. Yeah. I'd great. take Seinfeld over it right away. Handsome. Dave, I didn't live in um, the United States oh, during yeah. the 90s. We got some, we friends would appear on, on TV. Frasier would appear on TV. What about The Simpsons? The Simpsons would Simpsons Simpsons be better. better. That's, that's where it is. Simpsons is the best sitcom, probably the best TV show of all time. That is, I mean, Whoa. not even comparable. I mean, that's, to that's a little far. The, in terms of what's funny, the first 10 or so, so I extended even beyond Simpsons snobs who tune out after nine. I think it goes into like season 11 and still has some strong episodes. It is, I mean, it is the funniest show. It, uh, you know, it is good. You're comedy right. is subjective, obviously, but Simpsons is the best. And if it ain't, Larry Sanders show is is also up there. That's in the top two or three. Cheers is in the top two or three. Also in the '90s, ahead of Friends, certainly. Everybody loves Raymond. Wonderful uh, drama slash comedy and uh, family relationships and everything. Just wonderful stuff. Drew Staten. As a child of the '90s, I was only allowed to watch The Simpsons when my mom left the house and my dad would turn <laughs> it on. Uh, but Cheers, I mean, I'm crushing That's it. On, I'm crushing it on Netflix right now. It's way. I mean, I haven't seen an episode of Friends, but it's not better than Cheers. Cheers. The thing that's what what the, the greatest uh, thing you could say about it is that well, first of all, they turn the show over. They 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 lose a couple of key yeah. members, and it keeps on going, and is as good. Or well, I mean, it's a tick below, but still, it's it's plenty strong. And the other thing is, they have on those hideous late '80s sweaters and everything, and you don't even no. they don't bother you how how ridiculous the hairdos and everything are. You look past that because of the quality of the scripts and the and the everybody in it is fantastic. It's the best. There's a that it's it's top three. 
friends. Please. I love how everyone just acts like Friends was so off, and yet it's probably one of the most, if not the most successful sitcom series of the, the 90s. Well, wait a minute. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be a show here, but I love Lucy would waste all of these because it came to be on in the 50s. Like, oh, Friends was not cool. It's like, come on, guys. I'm not if, talking cool. I'm talking fun. It was cool. You're talking successful. I love Friends. Lucy would waste It was successful. It was never cool. Friends lost its way when... They tried to make Joey fall in love with Rachel. I agree. That was weird. But come on, guys. That's not... That's not... That's <laughs> Listen not going to the yourself. Top. You're a grown man, Black yeah, Tiger. Exactly. Oh, Rachel I and Joey? I am a grown man. That's Rachel that's and fun. Joey I just can't don't enjoy this stuff. Like, the, the whole snobbish, like, oh, Friends is not funny. Yeah, right. Come on, guys. Let's it's move not, on. That's right. football. You might be intrigued by the relationship. I don't think Friends will be played... On rerun, thirty years. From I now. disagree. I, I think, totally it, I, think if, I think been... if I think if a nuclear bomb was dropped on this, yeah. and only cockroach ex- is, existed still, there would be friends playing on a channel <laughs> yeah. forever, like Hank, for the rest of time. Like Hank, I myself. No one not, would be laughing though. Like no. Hank, I myself was not living in America at the time. I was still in Nigeria at the time, and I remember watching SportsCenter the day of this Friends finale. And Sports Center leads off with friends. Like, it was all friends. This is all the way back in Nigeria. Everyone knew what was going Carey on. Like, sells a lot of records. Was so what? Like, like it's, good. Because it got so commercial. <laughs> you comedy purists, so to speak, when they're like, oh, it wasn't so good. Come Here's on. one thing hey, I will right. say about friends is that it did, if you lived outside of this country, it did kind of, for a while, make you think that's what all men and women from America, and that maybe doesn't reflect particularly well. Elliot's kind of frenzy. But um, uh, <laughs> it, it, make, it makes you think that that's what people um, from America would be like. I do think it's funny. I that can people... imagine Elliot living in totally a, in Joey. a, in a ridiculous lost department. Uh, you know, being a little kooky. Right. It was great Ladies sets. Yep. Their apartment was cool looking. Their fashions drew a lot of eyeballs and all that sort of thing. But let's not compare it to shows that are funny and say well, well, okay. how which, which is has greater comedic value. Yeah. Didn't they, they, I think somewhere I remember reading somewhere they would have had to be earning somewhere in the region of like five million dollars each to be living in that loft apartment. That <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's, right. that's also <laughs> was a ridiculous thing. All right, listen, let's get to the matter at hand. It is time for our picks for week eight, the red challenge flag segment. Red challenge flag. All right, that reminds me. we got to get Dick Banks to cook up a, yeah, new, a new intro for that. But all right, we're not going to slow down for Didn't that. Didn't he do a great job, though, by the way, just quickly with the – I don't know if you all saw it. But I the did. Peyton I loved Manning it. tribute video that uh, that we had on NFL.com uh, on Sunday and Monday last week, terrific. The great uh, Dick Banks, the incomparable one, the one-man house fan, cooked up a, uh, a tune that was ripped from 1986 MTV, it seems, honoring Peyton Manning's many achievements on the gridiron. I do want to say again, though, by the letter of the law, that little choreographed celebration they did after the touchdown did deserve a flag, and it would have been very funny if they would have <laughs> right in the middle of Peyton's big moment, a yellow flag flies <laughs> right. into that circle Actually, from tossing the ball around. it turns out it deserved two flags, one official flag and one lame flag just for mm-hmm. being... Yeah, um, that's right. And by the way, I'm getting a lot of heat on Twitter for the Sheck Report because I make that same wisecrack that they should have flagged that thing. Man, what's your beef with Peyton, dude? He broke the, he broke the record. Why are you getting after him with that? <laughs> Obviously joking around. All right, let's get into the games. This is serious business. See, the people who don't get that joke love friends. That's the, the people who didn't get that. I was kidding with that. All right, don't tell me to hurry up, uh, handsome Hank. We're getting into the picks here. Let's start off with... And jump in with your stats there, Drew Statton, when uh, when you feel it. Here's a tough I, game to call. I got a tweet so from wrong. at Mrs. Christensen, mm. who I believe is maybe Drew's mom. 
And um, and she says we're to call him like we have Rebus Island, and yeah. I think Sherman Island is a thing now as well. Um, Staten Island. I love it. Wow. <laughs> Let's pay a visit to Staten Island. We'll do yeah. that every week. We'll do that in a minute here. In fact, as he jumps in with his uh, remarkable stats, here's a tough one. NFC playoff implications abound here. The five and one Eagles at the five and one Arizona Cardinals. Elliot Harrison, your pick. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals at home without mm. the gargly voice. Elliot, I've already thrown one red challenge flag on you because you were late. And you're not going to throw this one. <laughs> I'm not throwing another one. Boo! I'm th- I, I am taking the Eagles, by the way. And there really isn't... You're not taking the Eagles. We all know what you're doing. You're right. I, I do. Football I, baby Football is baby does make my picks, but I, I do spoil it for you either way with, uh, with this. I, I'm gonna, I think the Eagles... I, the the truth of the matter is there isn't really a good football reason to take the Eagles in this game. I think the Cardinals simply look better, and it's the the fact of the the Eagles were supposed to be good and Chip Kelly and all that, but really if you look at the way the two teams have played, the Cardinals are superior. I just have a hunch coming out of the bye, Chip mm. Kelly, two full weeks to prep for this game, is I buy still that he is – the wizard and is going to is going to solve that Cardinals defense. See, the Cardinals have the fifth worst offense in the NFL. And as a Raider fan, last week I wasn't blown away by how they you know put put away the Raiders, which every team should do, quite frankly. Yeah, but Ellington is uh, is terrific, and against that Eagles defense, I could see but him getting loose a little bit. The Eagles defense has been scoring points. I bet I bet if we mm-hmm. took a trip to Staten Island, he'd be able to tell us about that. Well, they've scored a touchdown in seven different ways this year. Which is pretty ridiculous. I didn't know there were seven different. Yeah. Don't they, they lead the NFL touchdown. in most non-offensive yeah. touchdowns? Yeah. So EH, uh, this is something I speculate on that is just purely, you know, uh, uh, anecdotal. I feel like it's one of two things here. Do teams, to for your memory, when teams do what the Eagles have done so far, which is win games with special teams and defensive touchdowns. Do you feel like over the course of the season that that gets them through the rough patch until they hit their stride? Or do you think that that, when that peters out, those improbable touchdowns, that then they come back down to earth? I I, I think we've seen it both ways, but I feel like when you start getting those wins it sort of creates a momentum that a team can ride for the season. Sure. I I agree with your point. The only problem is that it always shuts down in the playoffs every time. Uh, The the one team I remember the most, you may even remember this game, literally that 1986 Chiefs rode their special teams the entire way. They had Albert Lewis blocking punts. They had Mm -hmm. guys returning. They beat the Steelers in the last week of the season to make the playoffs. They won like 24 to 6, and all three of their touchdowns were scored not by the offense. It was all special teams. Then you get in the playoffs, you can't run the ball. If you get a lead, you can't run the clock down, which, oh, by the way, is going to be a problem for Denver. It, it is, you know, and so that's it always catches up. So, yes, in the regular season, I think it's fine. Of course, you have to build up a little bit of a, a cushion, which Philadelphia has done by winning so much. I mean, if you're 4-3, and three, then that's not going to work. All right, next game, a Sunday night gem awaits our eyeballs from NOLA. The Saints, I, you know, I, every week I start to say that they got to get this. They got to get this game, but they're they're in the division with the 3-3-1 three, three first-place Carolina Panthers. They can lose this game and still win the division, although you're starting to get into a place if the Panthers lose as well your division cha- your division leader is going to have a losing record and there is a pretty good chance with the Seahawks going there we, maybe we'll get to that game in the meantime handsome Hank Green Bay Packers on a roll with uh oh, that's the other uh, thing 
keep on the uh, tweets uh, with the hashtag DDFP. We're trying to rename Aaron Rodgers. We've gotten some great responses so far from you. I appreciate it. And um, I the ones that I've floated out there, by the way, for him, mm. green and gold standard, pretty mm-hmm. simple. Mm. King of the North. He loves. Uh, I like that. He loves that. Oh, that's a nice one. Um, because they eat bratwurst a lot in Wisconsin. Aaron go brat is a good one. I just thought of. Then why do you give me that look like that? And the other one is because he likes he likes to encourage people to relax. Chamomile tea. That's awful. How about how about uh? <laughs> Chamomile tea or that nickname? Actually, both. Both. Okay. <laughs> How about TD Raji? T- oh. Hmm. No. How about Aaron it out? Raji? No. Aaron. <laughs> All right, we'll figure it out when we'll lean on the listener to provide us with uh, with the gem. But I think you guys are sleeping on uh, Aaron Gobrat. Definitely not. Handsome Packers at the Saints. I take. Have you seen how Aaron Rodgers is playing? I'm taking the Packers. Well, you know, here's yeah, well, okay. Well, I'm not going to say anything until stuff, but right. I'm not going to say anything until uh, we get EH. Well, I'm pick. still pretty ticked at Hank. I'm not going to lie. Which why is would why, you be ticked at me for you being late? Which is why I'm going to keep my red flag in my pants. Uh, <laughs> change my mind a lot on this game, uh, but I'd like to take a tap from the keg from the stat house over here. Ooh. Any uh, <laughs> any cool uh, stats on this one? <laughs> Which well, I mean, which Packers way you want to go? Saints. Wait a way to catch up with the show. Well, I got yeah, that, but I, Packers Saints. I can I can prove your point either way. The Saints haven't lost a home game with Sean Payton as their head coach since 2010. Keep in mind that he was suspended that whole year, so been a little while since they've lost there. Um, but Rogers looking to become the first quarterback in NFL history to have three or more touchdowns uh, and no interceptions in five straight games. He's 18 and one. Uh, he's got an 18 TD to INT ratio. 18 and one. It's remarkable. Well, so wait, so what's your pick? At Packers. I'm not throwing the red flag. All good oh, yeah, stats so. have to come to an end. Well, and, let me. And I'm afraid. Um, I'm afraid that Sean Payton's good stats coming to an end. I'll mm. say this though: that when we saw the Packers, it seems like a very long time ago that the Seahawks did what you. As soon as you know, I was up there in Seattle for the game. Um, the season opener. And as soon as you hit the ground that day, you realized, because I, I had been saying before, the Packers will go in there and surprise the fans. And, and when as soon as you walked near the stadium, you felt like, oh, this is, what, what am I thinking? There's no team that would ever come in here and win today. It's going to be the Seahawks. But the factor there was the crowd noise. Of course, that's also going to be a factor for for NOLA. I think I'm taking the Packers because I think McCarthy and Rodgers want to prove to themselves this is we we learn from that environment mm-hmm. in week one. We have to get ready for this sort of environment on the road. We're on a little bit of a roll. We want to get in the right uh, frame of mind for January. I'm going to take the Packers here for that. Yeah, and reason. I think you have to tip your stat to Drew here because you know it's a good point on Sean Payton. You know that no losses. Although I think a lot of people would argue that the 49ers beat them last year, and that game was taken away on a on a bad call. I well, one hundred percent. Ahmad Brooks yep, yep. Uh, hit Drew Brees. It was a, it was the worst call of the year. What did you think about that, Hank? I agree, uh, but uh, I mean, I was trying to think of a good way to get the uh, uh, stat pun in there. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of see. I was at the same I was, time. I was I was hoping in my heart that there wouldn't be another one. Right. <laughs> uh, let's go to the game we just mentioned there. The Seahawks really kind of struggling here at the uh, Carolina Panthers, who are the you know, the definition of mediocrity here. EH, how say you? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take Seattle. Okay. I'm afraid I've gotta um keep it in my pants again. Ah, Sorry. No fun. What do you got for us there, uh, Staten Island? 
Uh, I, this this game to me just kind of seems like that Patriots Bengals game where you know we thought that Patriots just going to come out right. and go with your gut. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as bad as bad as the Seahawks. That's not your job. Can though. you? No. You're, you're so I'm not going with my gut. I'm going back with the stat. Right. I mean, Hank, can I talk? We could maybe do. <laughs> I'd also like, mom, mom, please stop tweeting, Hank. <laughs> we, could, we could do an instat replay. No. Uh, Wilson has the highest passer rating on the road. So this team that we think dominates at home can't play on the road. Wilson's got it together. The defense just has to figure it out. And the Panthers have allowed over 37 points in four of their last five games. So I think look out. Well, by the way, I should mention earlier in the week on our first podcast, we talked with uh, with two of our favorites, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, and really tried to break down the effect of Percy Harvin's absence. And Bucky makes some some great points about it. But the ex- to me... The X factor that Percy Harvin is isn't revealed by the numbers that he puts up. You know, you can look at his numbers and say they're mediocre, you know, compare them to, you know, the top 25 or 30 receivers. He's not in it. But the fact that you have to account for him at all times, once you remove him from the field, it's Marshawn Lynch and don't let Russell Wilson get loose out of the pocket. That's basically stopping that offense. But that didn't turn out so bad last season. No, I. But but the defense isn't as good as it right. was. People keep saying yeah. that. Well, they, they got to the Super Bowl without Percy. Yeah, but that defense was slightly more dominant than this one is. That's true. I, I would argue though that Deshaun Jackson's absence in Philly is more important because he he stretched the field. He made the defense play the entire field. There's a stat I don't know if you have it that about Percy Harvin. What percent of his receptions were within five yards yeah. from the line of scrimmage? It's, it's eight, something ridiculous. Eight, Eighteen of his twenty-two this year have That's, come within five yards. Of the yeah, line of I scrimmage. mean those are bubble screens. You know those are little little dink and dunks. I don't know how much more the defense has to do to prepare for that, other than mm. assigning a man to him that's a talented. Well, listen, you break down the X's and O's, as does Bucky, and so I'll cede to you. It just seems to me that he gives them a different element. Even if he doesn't get the ball, they're paying attention right. to him. Um, which I'm not interested in your up. seed. Um, <laughs> the, uh, no. the next game, AFC North. To me. I want him to have his own opinion. A big, uh, a big AFC North battle here. The imp- I talk about improbable. The Baltimore Ravens at 5-2 and two rolling ever since all the, the right. scandal mm-hmm. and stuff really have been very good. It's uh, pulled them together apparently instead of Justin uh, Forsett, man. driving them apart. Yeah, maybe it's, it's just practical. You know, but, you know we, we did talk about that in August that you, you figure Torrey Smith will, you know, with Steve Smith now on the other side, now it really does create uh, a, a tough uh, proposition for a secondary to try and account for both of those guys. So, all right, let's have – where do we go? Oh, handsome. It's it's your turn, correct? Yes. I all think right. it is, yeah. I'm going to um, I'm gonna take the Ravens. And, and just on that note, look out. Next week we're running on NFL.com a midseason report. We're going to look at how, how everyone stands after eight games or after eight weeks. And uh, one of the pieces I'm really excited about, Jeff Darlington's going inside the Baltimore Ravens to find out how they overcome all that, you know, that, that turmoil at the start of the season to put together a 5-2 and two start. Interesting. All right. EH? I, I, it's hard to make sense of, but I will tell you, if there's an underrated stat out there, I think it's points allowed per game. Baltimore Ravens, number one in the league, 14.9. Drew, maybe you can confirm that. No one runs on that team. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, I don't think anybody would would think that they have the number one uh, defense as far as points allowed. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you ask that of the masses, do you think the Ravens would even be in the first five guesses? What's funny about that is is that you know the the lazy analysts 
always go with that rhetoric about like when you talk about the AFC North, you talk about rugged defense played by the Ravens and the Steelers. It's like, yeah, neither one has really been good on defense for a little while now. So it sort of suits that argument if you haven't been paying attention to just go about see Ravens once again, dominant defense. Anyway, not, not a dominant defense. The Cincinnati Bengals. No. What gives here? What gives? Why are they? That is inexplicable to me. They get torched by Brady, who is playing, you know, with that massive chip on his shoulder to show that his team still matters. But now, now it's starting to get to be weird that they can't, that they can't handle the Panthers at home. Yeah, they've uh, over 100, 107 points in their last three, and you know, Geno Atkins, who's you know supposed to be the dominant force for that line, has seven tackles yeah. this year, no sacks. Hmm. Very weird. So. You guys are in agreement. We are. Uh, well, did, wait, did you say you're not going to throw the flag there, EH? On what? On, on the, the Ravens. He picked, he picked the Ravens. Oh, dude, I not throw it to you. Let's say, so Handsome picks the Ravens. I'm not throwing a flag on that. He's not, uh, he's, I right. think we know why Elliot was late. He's misplaced all his red flags. <laughs> all right, I am going to take the Bengals on that one. Is what I, I, I like you're the Bengals. You're taking the Bengals. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a gutsy call. Well, they did beat him. They did beat him in week one. Joe Flacco wait, had to throw sixty-two times. Let's not give Dave times. the credit here. We've learned today that Dave doesn't actually make these picks by himself. Football baby makes my picks right. for me, and I guess you know what? I just gotta wear it on my sleeve. I have to stop pretending as though they're my picks. They're football babies. But either way, you, I, you know, football baby ain't out there for the world. Football baby lives in my house. Well, Dave. Football Baby is out there for the world. In fact, if you go to NFL.com slash Football Baby, you'll be able to watch Football Baby. Really? It's got its own thing? Yes. What is that called Sla- when you do that? Slash whatever it is. It's its own page? I call it a URL. It's a, it's a URL. vanity URL. It's called a vanity URL, but hmm. that's not con- I love it. All right, so just a couple more here. We don't here. need any more vanity in this room. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you look at Elliot when you said that? Because I think he's flattering to deceive. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, here's there, there are some intriguing games, if not important ones, for the playoff race. This is, I guess, uh, depends on how you look at this one. Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets with Percy Harvin. EH, I'll say you. I'm taking the New York Jets in this game. I'm with you on that. Okay. Dave, at yeah. last, I'm allowed to get my red challenge flag out again. <laughs> All right, at last. Can't you just pick against them just for the fun of it anyway? I like when you guys go against each other. I just did. All right, good. I know. I'm glad. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. You've got a team that um, gets after the quarterbacks, has more sacks than any team in football right now. There's actually a great stat that I'm going to steal from Drew Statton, which is that um, the Bills have not sacked a Jets quarterback at the Jets stadium since Mark Brunel was the Jets' starting quarterback. They play them every year. Yeah, right. And so that's incredible. That's a stat that's coming to an end, along with Sean Payton's um, well, but wait undefeated a run at the Superdome. Mark Brunel was under center for the Jets when? when week did... seven, it was a Week 17 game. In what season, though? Uh, 2010. 10. Huh. I, don't, I can't recall him ever taking a well, snap. Probably... The... I remember him, obviously, on the sidelines for a number of years. I don't remember him in there, really. Maybe they secured a playoff mm. berth and uh, wanted to give Mark Sanchez a rest so he'd be at full strength for the playoffs. I just think that Rex Ryan, there's a he has uh, the ability, shown the ability to get something out of this team when people sort of close the book on it. It's at home. This is sort of feels like a last stand. Nobody thinks that the Jets are going to the playoffs, but I think that... I, somehow he'll I, get something from that group in a tight 
low-scoring game. But I can see this being like so a 13-10 kind the of game. The reason they look so good against the Patriots, well, not so good, but the reason they look pretty good against the Patriots was Chris Ivory was able to get something going on the ground. I just don't see that happening against that Bills defensive line and, and linebackers. It's funny because I think there are a lot of sacks on both sides of this game. I think uh, both the defensive fronts have their way here. Yeah. You think Kyle Orton stays clean-shaven? He looked weird. I don't like it. I want the mustache back. Yeah. You know, you know that's his greatest virtue, and he takes it away. I don't I get it. I completely agree. Maybe he's just trimming it down so we can go full on for uh, no shave November. November. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Can I tell full, you, though, I do I, something near and dear to your heart, Dave. I do love the Bills' white helmet, white jersey, blue pants look that they wore against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. It's keen because you and me came up, EH, at the same time watching those AFC East Joe playoffs. Ferguson. Je- well, Joe Ferguson and Joe Cribbs in Shea playing the Jets in the playoffs when Joe Cribbs had a dynamite game, probably yeah. what, 1981? Oh, 81. It. I have it. It's 81 wild card games. Genius. Yeah, Pure that, genius. Richard yeah. Todd. That's when I'm starting to make the transition from being as, as a little kid who loves his local team, yay, Steelers, they win every year, to realizing, oh, I just love football because the Steelers are no longer a factor, and I'm watching. I, I find myself gravitating to the great Joe Cribbs, who would, would have been a Hall of Famer. He's one of those guys who I say, were there no USFL, Joe Cribbs would be in the Pro Football right. Hall and of the, Fame. He runs off to the Birmingham Stallions. And three teams from the AFC East made the playoffs that year. The next week, Miami played – in San, uh, against San Diego, and that's what I that's think you consider the game. greatest, greatest game, game of all that's, time. That's my favorite game of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the overtime uh, with uh, Rolf Benerska and Uwe von Schaumann. Yep, a little bit of Don Strzok in there. Oh, yeah, a lot of Don Strzok. A lot of Don Strzok. Well, the game didn't get interesting till Don Til Strzok got the in there. Took over for the late, uh, right. the late David Woodley. Woodley. Oh, listen, go dig that one up. It's a great game, kids, if you don't know that one. Do you know that one, Drew Staten? We're talking 1981 football season? Yeah. I missed that year. Yeah. I know you yeah. weren't around for we it. Doesn't mean you can't you, you can't go back and look at it though. Yeah, I it's don't a great understand. Game. It'll you be the young greatest people. game when you, if you when you watch that you'll sit down and you go, that is better, an incredible game. Better or worse than Friends? <laughs> Just a little bit better. Okay. More entertaining. I don't Less understand laughs, though. So. Your generation is that is is the first one that I'm aware of that because you weren't around for it, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Anything in history is a, well, why, why would I have seen that movie? I, I wasn't alive. Well, so what? I yeah. go back and see movies. I don't want to watch, I don't want to watch Top Gun. I know who Babe Ruth is, even though I wasn't there. But you haven't seen Top Gun? No. Are you actually kidding? I'm being dead serious. Well, you and Black Tie <laughs> have a lot of movies. Black Tie's to seen say. Top Gun though. Black Tie is not, he doesn't like Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, no, but that doesn't matter. I Top Gun's one of those. Minority Report, Jerry Maguire, the only two Tom Cruise movies I've seen. I'm going to call false on that. I, there's definitely a Tom Cruise movie outside of those. Mission Impossible. Seen. You haven't seen any of those? No. Come on. I'm, I'm not in line. Interview with a Vampire. No. That was a decent <laughs> one to miss. I'm trying what? to think of what else he's been. Um, risky Business. The Firm. No. no. This is a great competition. Uh, what Black about the, uh, versus You Bruce can't Dad. handle the truth. Yeah, a few good men. No. What? I, I don't watch movies. Here's the deal. Like cocktail. Like David just said, <laughs> anything that happened before me, I don't want. I don't want to watch a movie that I want to watch a grainy. I don't want to watch it. True. No, I agree. They didn't with you make it in 1946. <laughs> no, he's he's right because at least you know after that Chargers Dolphins playoff game, like the championship games were a complete dud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only only the most significant play in NFL history happened a week later. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's just get in a couple more here, real quick. Does everybody in here take the Patriots to beat the Bears? Anybody yes, make a case for the Bears? I do. Here? Handsome. Wait. You do what? Take oh. the Patriots. I yeah, do, yeah, yeah, I do too. We're all okay. taking I the do. Patriots here. 
Um, anybody, anybody, I, by the way, as a side note, something I've advocated quite a bit here. Raccoon maybe, chips, and maybe, they're terrible. No, I didn't, I didn't oh, advocate for those. Those, those. those crisps from England that uh, Hanson brought back a couple weeks ago were not good. What I do see more of in 2014, I wonder if the commissioner has quietly been listening in on what I've been advocating for a couple of years now. Probably not. Rivalry week, where you put the regional rivals together from uh, from the two conferences. You see Rams and Chiefs, the show-me-state battle. You see the, um, the Dolphins and the Jaguars hooking up here. That's not exactly right since they're in the same conference, but at least we're seeing some signs of this uh, coming to be. Anybody want to take the Jags here? No. I by oh here's an interesting little tidbit maybe just for me, um, I have made a big decision. I have Jay Cutler on my fantasy team. I have Andy Dalton on my fantasy team. They're both riding the pine this week. In I favor know who's starting. Bortles. Wait, Blake Bortles. Oh, Blake that Bortles. wasn't curveball. Ryan Tannehill. No, not Ryan Tannehill. Is that too much? Eh. That's yes, a, that's a tar- that's a bad decision. And I'll tell you at why. At home against the Dolphins. I, I just picked. Decision. I just picked up. I have three fantasy teams. All three of them. I picked up the Dolphins defense for this week to play against the Jags. No one's thrown more picks than Blake. Bortles. I'd play Cutler. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't play uh, Dalton, but I play in Cutler. New England. Yes. Really? Yeah, I would. He's been better on the road. No pressure. No pressure coming from that Patriots defense now that uh, Chandler Jones is injured. Yeah, that's All exactly right. right. Since uh, since Philbin flirted the Matt Moore change, no one has a better completion percentage in the league than Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is I should go get Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. So everybody's going to take the Dolphins there. Um, all right, last one. Everybody's taking the Colts in Pittsburgh. Yes, sir. EA. I like Alex Smith in fantasy this week. By the way, maybe you could pick him up. That's an I'm interesting the, one against I, the Rams. Yeah, I'm taking the Colts. You're taking the Colts as yeah. well. I, yeah, I, I just can't make a case for uh, for the Steelers against that offense. It it's simply can't be. You know what Alex Smith does every once in a while that's good for your fantasy team is he can take off, man. Yeah, right? right. People never think of him as a good runner, but he can take off. He gets you 30 yards rushing, nice little quick, easy three points. Yes, I have – said before i feel that for this generation mike vick gets a lot of credit but i really do think you saw that uh you know the the option play however you want to call it i think that he was sort of the first guy who showed that you can do that sort of thing design run plays roll your quarterback out with the intent to run i think he was really the first guy to be doing that uh, in this over the last few years all right last one from london let's travel out to wembley stadium here the Detroit Lions, I was going to say at, but it's not really at, uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. Handsome, I'll start with you. Dave, I'm, we, big deal you made about the 6.30 start here at 9.30 on the East Coast. I think this is exciting because for the people in the UK, the game at 6.30 in the morning or, or you know, at our regular time of 10 o'clock on, the, on Pacific and, and 1 o'clock Eastern, that game starts at 6 p.m. The next one starts at 9 p.m. Those guys are hardcore. They get a chance now to just get a middle-of-the-afternoon game like we're used to. So I think that's I exciting. It. I'm going to pick, in London, the Detroit Lions to beat the Atlanta Falcons, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair, as they say. EH? I'm going to agree with that and then say, so it would start at 1.30 local time, right? Uh, yes. Correct. Yeah. It's actually the clocks have changed there, so I think it's it, yeah. It's but that's that's pretty cool. That's they cool. Never, they they get never to, get they that. never yeah. get that. And, you know, the, on the on the other hand, the Sunday night football and the Monday night football games also start at one thirty in the morning. 
Jeez. And fans will sit up and w- watch that. Fair's fair. And they've treated to great games like Giants, Eagles, and Bengals, Patriots. How does the how does Big Ben's clock get changed back an hour? Someone, uh, there's a guy <clears> climb same up as you. He'll climb up there, like wind it, and then he'll go. Oh no, I've gone just a little oh, too, too far. far then you got to go 24 hours again, and the bells keep ringing. It's... I think that happened to the real Big Ben, given the way he started against the Texans. My gosh. Wow. That was brutal. <laughs> Good one, Elliot. I know. That was pretty lame. <laughs> I, I was waiting I mean, for you to hammer me on that. Um, listen. I can make throw a red flag on that joke yes, as well. You can. One more real fast, you actually. You can. <laughs> most, uh, most, uh, most, um, ba- you know, the, the most meaningless game, although maybe people, I guess neither coach is on the line here really is jobs on the line because they're in their first year. But the bum matchup of the week is a tough one to call. The Vikings at the Buccaneers, EH. I'm interested to hear how you come down on this one. Well, I, you know, I, I would say Tampa Bay. That's a, I'm, I'm taking Tampa Bay at home. I can't believe it. They're probably the worst team in the league. Handsome. I, this game I found very difficult to pick, partly because I, I can't even believe that the, these two teams are playing each other for some reason. <laughs> it just seems – the whole thing seems ridiculous. It's the I kind of N- like the, the idea NFC of it. Central. Um I'm going to pick – I think I picked the uh, – well, I, I'm going to pick the Vikings. So I'm throwing a flag on Elliot again. All right. I'll take it even in this bum game. Him. I love when the flag gets thrown. Yeah, that's a ridiculous game. I don't know why I think they're going to win. I just – I think the Vikings will win. I didn't – it didn't register to me that it's an NFC Central tilt. It was always very strange that the Tampa Bay Bucks, especially mm-hmm. when they were wearing the creamsicles, would always travel up to the – you know, to play outside against the Vikings and the right, Packers right. and the Old Bears. Old Joe Stato over there has no idea what the NFC Central is. Do you Central know – no. you know, well, you may not know this, Drew Staten, but you would be intrigued by it if you dug the numbers up. They forever – I bet you people, young kids don't know this – that what was the streak, EH, that for their – in their franchise history, they start in 76, they didn't win a game – when it was less than 32 degrees out for, like, what, 25 years, Something like literally? That, yeah. yep. No, literally. I yep. mean, I think it went into the 21st it, it century. It went into 2000. I think they finally won in 2000. Imagine that. They're playing all those teams. So once a year, I mean, so three times at minimum, they're playing in Chicago, Green Bay, and Minnesota. They never won a game in that when I, it was chilly outside. I can't go 25, but I can go under 40. And all time, the Bucks were 1-11. One in eleven, really? Yeah. Wow. Still, so they it was still in the early two thousands, wasn't it? Uh, two thousand two, yeah, against the Bears. All right, Black. I don't want. I don't want to. Well, I just Go wanted ahead. to say I don't want to statue off guard here, but mm-hmm. the the <laughs> Ravens scored. <laughs> I don't want to stat you off guard. Statue. I don't oh, want to look, there's another red flag. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> the Ravens. I heard this incredible stat, and just because we're talking about the Bucks here, five touchdowns in their first fifteen plays against the Bucks, I had never heard of anything wow. like that. Anyway, yeah. that didn't come across to you? No, it, it comes across. Are you, but you he, asking a question? Are you throwing – Are you just throwing, throwing out there. Oh, like look how it. smart I am. I'm Elliot. I know <laughs> I know <laughs> things. Boy, I'm Poor EH. Why is he getting that. so abused in 66 Maybe today. he should so turn I, up on time. So glad I, I came. Here, here, <laughs> Dave, Dave, will the Bucks carry Leslie Frazier off the field? If they win, <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope because that was a, that went over big for uh, for Schwartzy there. Um, all right, so black tie. What do you want to do here? You want to go? We spoke with Laurenitis a little while ago. You want to listen to that right now and then get some of Drew's uh, fantastic stats in? Let's do it. And another stats segment idea name. How about this one? Oh yeah, stats the way it is. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
I okay. like it. All right. Okay. From Matthew. Uh, was that Matthew Tregan? No, that was from Mark Cater. All right. That's good. Keep those names coming. Yeah. We're still trying to figure out what we should call this segment. Right now, though, you know one of our favorite guys on the show is A.J. Hawk. Nay, Hawk. We think he should just be called that. A guy who was in his wedding party when he got hitched a couple of years ago. James Laurinaitis, his teammate from Ohio State. Here he is, everybody, off of the big win against the Seahawks, James Laurinaitis. You listen to Dave okay, this is uh, this should be interesting because this is one of the closest friends of one of our favorites here on the DDFP, the 2013 champion, the award winner of the Shecky. For our favorite football playing guest, A.J. Hawk, this guy was in his wedding party, I believe. He is the star linebacker of the St. Louis Rams, James Laurinaitis. What's the poop, fella? How you doing? Well, I'm doing fine, but not as well as you. Not after the impressive victory that you and your pals pulled off against the world champion Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. Muzzle tub to you on that. Tell you what, I, I feel good to finally have a uh, finally have a victory Monday. It feels like uh, you look back on the last couple of weeks. I feel like we should have had a couple more of these, but, you know, it is what it is. I'll take them whenever I can get them. All right. Well, listen, I'm sure Hawk didn't tell you this uh, in advance of this uh, conversation, but the rule we have here is no jive. We don't jive one another here. We're grown-ups, and we shoot straight with each other here. So <laughs> after that victory, like what's that? That sounds like AJ style, too. What about the no jive leads me to this question. You guys, with that win, now you get to three on the season, but you look up and you see not just the Seahawks and 49ers, but now the Cardinals sit atop the division. Do you guys at this point, are you having conversations about, hey, this thing's not over. We can still get into the mix in this division or at least the playoff chase? I think you always just kind of go week by week. Um, when you got to the start that we had, uh, quite frankly, I think you're, you're looking at um, how do we how do we get the next one? Um, and that's what we thought really the last two weeks going into San Fran. We knew them really well. We felt like we played against them well. How do we how do we get um, a division win? I think our way we, we blew a lead, and then uh, same thing Seattle. You know how do we get a absolute good start when you get a division win? It's really like two wins. Uh, and so uh, you know I think really that was our mindset, and, and this week we're just trying to focus on um, going up against the Chiefs here and. and We'll try to stack week by week by week if we can uh, keep getting the next one. Well, let's talk about uh, the win. The seminal play, I guess, of the of the game on Sunday was that uh, crazy fake punt. Are you looped in on that, or do they even not even tell the defense or the offense, or is it just like just special teams tell nobody? This is a big secret. Yeah, I, I had absolutely no idea. No <laughs> idea. None of the guys did. I think there were guys in the punt team. I heard them talking. They had no idea. Um, I remember – a couple of guys were talking about how they went in the huddle. They gave the play call. And even the long snapper was like, wait, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, we're running it. <laughs> and so I think only a couple of guys knew um, before they even went on the field to the punt formation. So uh, really, that's kind of the best face is when nobody knows what's going on because there's no chance of people getting too excited. I think sometimes you can tell when teams do fakes because you'll see the defense not really um, start to huddle up towards where the ball would be punted. They huddle up towards where the – team is punting in case something goes bad. So mm-hmm. usually the best way to do it is not tell anybody. Did you – so at what point are you watching the play when it happens? Did you? Did, how long into the play was it before you realized, wait a second, the other guy has the ball? Uh, yeah, well, no, I mean, usually when the punt team gets up, you know, I'm going down there to 
to stand up along the sideline waiting for the punt. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, for the returner, and once Hecker caught the ball and I saw Benny go to the flat, I knew right away it was a fake. I said, that's not, that's not normal punt formation there. That's not normal uh, hmm. kind of the way that things go there. So what a what great execution by um, by Hecker and, and Benny Cunningham there to be able to pull that off in, in a pressure situation. Yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty nifty. Now, the one thing that did happen was Russell Wilson got loose on you guys a little bit a couple times there. He went over 100 yards. Who's harder to wrangle when he decides to run with the ball, Russell Wilson or Colin Kaepernick? Well, I think Russell Wilson, um, just because they're two different guys. I mean, Kaepernick, if you're getting in the sprinting contest, I'm taking Cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just he can glide, but there's not much uh, – it's not much shake to him. When he decides to pull it down, he's usually rolling. And so I think Russell has a little bit more. Uh, you can kind of tell the way he scrambles around back there. He got some of his plays seem to go over six seconds long because uh, he has that ability to just kind of run around. And and he has a, he has an ability when he scrambles, you don't really know whether he's going to slide or not. And so he, he's a he's a tough guy to get down, man. And um, he's a talented talented runner and a good cutter. Yeah, he's uh, what they call that. Uh, he's practically elusive. He doesn't run with the ball as much, but man, he seems like he would be just about impossible to drag down um, for a sack the way he keeps a play alive. What about you've yeah. also faced two very rugged running backs. You just saw Marshawn Lynch, and earlier you saw DeMarco Murray. Who's scarier to try and meet in the hole? Well, I think they're different. Um, you know, DeMarco is running with a. Uh, He's kind of running on a mission right now, and, and Lynch has great balance. I think Marshawn doesn't get enough credit for, for his shiftiness. Um, he kind of sets you up with that shiftiness, and then he lowers the shoulder on you. So they're they're definitely different. I mean, I want to I want to discount Frank Gore in that group as well. I think hmm. Frank is, is a guy that I have a ton of respect for. Uh, but we face some running backs now that that are tough, and we're going to face another one this week in Jamal Charles. So it's just uh, it never it never ends. It seems like in the NFL and and the way our schedule set up, you know, we, we really went with, uh, you know, Murray, and, and we had uh, Sean McCoy and Darren Sproles, and we had Gore. And, oh, yeah, you uh, saw Shady already? Man, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, it has been brutal for you guys. That ain't jive. Yeah, you yeah. really had a tough road there. What? Uh, so the guy who has sort of stepped in there, and you've been close, like you say, just before this weekend, you finally get over the hump. The guy who has been really impressive is Austin Davis, Good fella, nice guy in the locker room. Yeah, Austin's great. He, he's um, one of the most humble guys on the team. He um, just goes about his work. He's very quiet. The thing I like about Austin, though, is that you can see him starting to take charge of the opportunity. He um, two weeks ago, you know, at halftime, he he give a little a little speech trying to get the guys fired up. And, you know, he can tell he brings the passion to the game. Uh, you can really he he wears his emotion on his sleeve when he's out there playing. You can tell how excited he gets after big plays. Um, and he's just he's enjoying the moment, man, and, and just looking at the guy that and, and seeing him really the last few years and his practice habits, you know, it's, it's paid off. Um, and gosh, he's like I said, he's one of the best dudes in our locker room. So that's always a it's always a good thing when the nice guys get rewarded for their hard work. Well, I agree with that, and that's why AJ Hawk was named the 2013 Shecky Award winner for our favorite football playing guest. He's in the thick of the of that fight again in 2014. I contacted Hawk via text message and because you know he considers you a dear friend. I said, "What should I talk to Laurenitis about?" He said, "To ask you about your spaceship drawings in the locker room. What gives?" <laughs> 
he's ridiculous. He's absolutely ridiculous. I can't comment. And it's really, he was my mentor. Mm-hmm. So whenever he tries to bring up about drawings on whiteboards, um, it's, it's all his fault. So that's something we can't talk about on the air. But uh, he's a phenomenal artist, I'll put it that way. So if you ever have time to to be around AJ, ask him to uh, maybe even take a photo of, of some of his great artistic work. You know what? You think I won't do it. I'm absolutely going to contact him and then demand that he just, it seems like he just tried to embarrass you. I think uh, he did. He tried to embarrass me with something that basically I learned from him. And so uh, that was uh, was a dirty move, but, you know, I'll take it. You know, that's what (laughs) I expect nothing less from uh, from Mr. Hot there. So that'll be (laughs) be good. I think Bobby Carpenter is to blame for some of that stuff as well. Yeah, what a group that was. Is that the all-time greatest collection at one time at a college? You guys had Bobby Carpenter, Hawk, and yourself there. Is that the greatest position group? that we've seen are in top, you know, whatever, five or ten in college football history? How many guys, How many teams have – well, you... I think it's up there. I think USC had a great crew, too, with Clay and Malvuza and Cushing. Right. Um, but, gosh, that was a – I remember how much fun I had. That was my true freshman year and just being around those guys. Um, we had Anthony Slugel as well, who was uh, – um, you know, Anthony was, was a certain like that. He got drafted um, in the third round and played – it and got hurt, but goodness, I remember how fun that year was and how much I learned from those guys just being an 18-year-old kid and a true freshman, seeing how they went about their work. It was awesome. Yeah, their work, you mean on the white uh, the whiteboard doing the space drawings? The whiteboard, is that, that's what you're talking no about? Yeah, I figured. What about uh, now Hawk goes and marries Brady Quinn's sister. Brady Quinn goes to Notre Dame. Was that an issue for you fellas in the Ohio State locker room. What do you make of that? Oh, no, gosh, I didn't even know. All of us didn't even know they were dating until um, it was the bowl game as well. A lot of people found out that they were even dating. So I don't think people really really cared or even knew, to be honest with you. All right. See, that's very decent of you. You could have thrown them under the bus there, and yet you didn't. <laughs> Laurenitis, I, uh, I, enjoy, uh, I enjoyed our uh, conversation today. I hope we can, uh, we can stay in touch over the coming months, and I wish you and your pals good health and, uh, and good success the rest of the way there. Good luck in the NFC West. And, uh, and like I say, yeah, hopefully we'll get to, to see some of your space drawings or at least Hawks in the, uh, in the near future. Absolutely. All right, pal. Take Absolutely. care. No question. Anytime. Dave Damashek. I like him. I wish we had a better connection, though, Hans, uh, Black Tie. We needed a better connection there. But I have uh, before, like I say, I hit up Hawk. Hawk said, let's get the next time, let's get the two of us on the line at the same time. And that'll be better, and we'll figure out all this uh, spaceship drawings jazz. What what really is that about? All right, before we get to uh, to Staten Island and his uh, special stats of the week, we say goodbye to Handsome Hank and Elliot Harrison, who are going to go order a large milkshake with two straws and uh, and sip it as they figure out whatever. Uh, Dave, I, I think, but I, I realize I've probably gone a little over the top today. Elliot, I want to say to you, I want to look you, look you in the eye. I'm, I apologize that, um, that I treat you like this today. But also, don't be late next week. <laughs> that was uncomfortable. See, I don't like it when it gets uncomfortable with the nice stuff. I right. like it when it gets uncomfortable with the... <laughs> it was wow. a mix of kind of romantic, yeah. business, mm-hmm. awkwardness. That's a, the way Eric Decker and I are with each other. That's how right. you two are. You see? Wow, he looked at me just like Kurt Gowdy in, uh, what was it, Naked Gun, when he goes, I'm sorry I yelled at you yesterday. <laughs> 
Remember that? <laughs> That's what it was like. But I also, I'm, 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 I'm apologizing, but I'm also warning you, don't do it again. I like it. See, he has it both ways what? there. And uh, Handsome, be on the lookout because he's created a special thing, a vanity URL right? called uh, NFL.com slash football, football baby. baby. Yeah, I think I have high hopes for this one. Then you'll see why I'm so good at picking the games when you see this. You can't argue with Football Baby when you see what he does. All right, so there he go. There EH goes. Thanks for coming in. Hey, you bet. And uh, his picks are available at NFL.com. And, uh, of course, his power rankings are, which you would like to peruse, perhaps, before you decide who you're going to pick. All right, let's get to it here, Staten Island, and we have Gavin Escobar coming up here in one second. Give us, uh, give us, give us two great stats. All right, and uh, I'd, I'd also like to apologize to Elliot, even though you know he's already left. I, it was just a case of bad statitude. <laughs> no red flags? Yes. And that one's better than statue. Really? Uh, All right. Uh, Derek Carr. He's not getting sacked, so at least he's got that going against, you know. His brother is getting pummeled. He's at least staying upright. But he's one of two rookies since the merger to start and lose his team's first six games of a season. Huh. Any guess at who? Uh, and Troy this, Aikman. And this other one, no, is from your uh, the era that you just told me I need to go back and, and check out the, you know, 81-82. Troy Aikman went 1-15, so obviously they got a game mm-hmm. early got on in the early. season then. A guy, so he started 0-6. Started 0-6, and, and he actually tied in his seventh game. So if Carr loses this week, he'll be the first since the merger to start his first seven and lose. Joe Montana. Mike Pagel. Mike Pagel? I thought it was going to be a great name. Nope. <laughs> the lefty Mike Pagel of the, yeah. <laughs> of Colts and Browns fame, yes? Yeah. Uh, and then speaking about speaking of the Browns, here's here's number two. No team has ever played five games and then lost back-to-back against winless teams. And I know we're probably going to get, oh, well, that never happens. When, you know how many times that happened? Was that a good Twitter voice? I tried to do that your, was good. your voice I, I, That's what I like to do. Is Yeah. The... So... Um, like I said, they'd be the first team to ever do it. it, it it's happened uh, eight times that you know this has been the case. Say it again, because I feel like the Steelers almost did it a couple of weeks ago. They lost at home to the Bucks and then almost lost to the winless Jags. Yeah, so this will be the eighth time that a team has played five games mm-hmm. and then had back-to-back games against winless teams. Okay. Every other time, the teams at least split. So no one has ever lost both games. It dates all the way back to you know 1920. Who could forget the Rochester Jeffersons? Beating the uh, the all Tonawanda team and then the Rochester Scalpers in back to back weeks. <laughs> the Scalpers. It was a real upset. The Scalpers I, and the Jeffersons and, and, is divine. And I think the uh, the all Tonawanda team won that game two to nothing. It was a real barn burner. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the last time that this happened, the the 08 Jags they lost to the Bengals and then they beat the Detroit Lions. The Lions went 0 16. So Browns fans, don't be the first. This was, you know what? Yes, the the excitement about the Cleveland Browns 2014 season would officially end yeah. if they were to lose this week, and it would also mean that we would surely see Johnny Football too. Yes. So maybe that's something for football fans who are intrigued by what uh, what this young fella will do. This is your opportunity. And by the way, Zach Mettenberger starting ahead of him now. Who else is – who isn't going to play before Johnny Football does? All right, let's get to – and great stuff from you, Drew Statton. Thanks for you coming in as well. Let's get right now, Black Tie, to our conversation with the tight end of the Dallas Cowboys who caught a couple of touchdown passes last Sunday, Gavin Escobar. Dave, da 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 don't Dave. 
All right, here he is, everybody. You can give him a follow at Twitter at Gavin Escobar 89 Just like I just said there, it's Gavin Escobar, number 89 of the Dallas Cowboys. How are you, pal? Good. How are you doing? Well, not as good as you. I caught, uh, I, I caught zero touchdown passes this past weekend. You got into the end zone twice. Your seventh, so that the second touchdown, your seventh catch of the season, you're quite productive. I'll say that when you catch the ball, three touchdowns and two other ones went for first downs. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a great feeling to get an end zone twice this week, but, uh, you know, we just got to keep it going this next week against Washington. Now listen to me. I don't want jive. I want you to shoot straight with me. In August... <laughs> A lot of people, and here's here's a complete lack of jive for me. I said in August, this Cowboys defense, it has no chance. This team is going to go 2-14 and 14 and is going to have the first overall pick in the draft. Well, I've, I've been quite wrong about that. Did you guys sense, wow, this is a team that could really be good? Or deep in your heart, did you think like, eh, I mean, how good can we be? Well, I mean, Honestly, during the OTA, you know, when Sean Lee goes down, I mean, that, that definitely hurts. And mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, you don't know how some young guys are going to play, but, you know, a lot of guys have been stepping up and, um, you know, everyone's been doing their job. And, and that's really um, that's really what it takes to have a great defense, just everyone doing their job. Well, I mean, the offense isn't such a surprise to me, but the defense with Rod Marinelli is, uh, has been uh, something. But you guys positively rolling – and, uh, you know, that has a lot to do with the triplets of 2014. Do you think that DeMarco, Romo, and Dez are the best triplets in the NFL right now? Let me just give you another one. What about Aaron Rodgers, Eddie Lacy, Jordy Nelson? Um, I definitely think you can make the argument that uh, Dez, DeMarco, and Tony are the best. Uh, but, you know, I think, Honestly, with our running game, it really starts with the offensive line, and, mm-hmm. and they've been doing a really great job uh, opening up polls for DeMarco. And, you know, I think it's really been helping us win games this year. All right, so listen, you grow up in New York City. You go to San Diego State. Now you reside in Big D. Which is the best city? Which is the best city? Yeah. Uh, you know, after living in San Diego for a while, it's kind of hard to beat San Diego in that weather, so... Yeah, I love Dallas, and you know I love growing up in New York too. But I think San Diego's got to take it. I'm surprised by that. I thought you never hear New Yorkers say anything other than NYC. It's New York City and and everything else. Well, I, th- I think it's just the weather got me in uh, mm-hmm. California. I just got used to spoiled by that, you know, 80 degree weather all year round. So I got you. I guess that makes sense. Now, Romo. Do you agree in Big D? I've been I, I've been to the city and it's uh, a lovely place. But do you agree with all that stuff about the pressure? Do you feel as much as you can in your second year now? Do you sense that it is uh, you know that that the eyes of the locals are on you more than they are in say San Diego or other football cities? Um, yeah, I mean, if you compare it to San Diego, then definitely. Um, I know the spotlight is definitely bigger in uh, Dallas and you know football is huge in Texas so uh, I've noticed that just being a cowboy two years that there's definitely a lot more pressure to win and you know it's a good thing that we're winning this year but uh it also brings a lot more fans to a win so it's awesome to have uh this season that we're having so far what is Jason Garrett like what sort of fella is he 
Uh, you know, he's a great coach. He, he really knows stuff. Um, he's a great motivator. Uh, he's a great speaker, and uh, I think that's great as a head coach, just being able to convey a, a message to the team each week. So uh, he's been doing a great job uh, since I've been here. Is he, though, Is he? does he crack wise with you guys? Is he a disciplinarian? You know, what sort of uh, figure does he cut in the locker room? Uh, you know, he'll crack jokes every now and then, but he's always got this, this positive attitude about him. And, uh, you know, it's always, always full of energy. And I don't, sometimes I don't know how they do it with the, you know, the hours they work. But uh, it's great to have a head coach like him. Uh, and what's uh, the guy who you hear a lot of noise about as well is Des Bryant. We've met him. I find him positively delightful. What's your take on uh, on number eighty-eight? Yeah, Des is Des is the ultimate teammate. You know, he's so passionate about the game, and all he wants to do is win. And he's excited for you when you make a play. And uh, you know, he, he just shows his emotions. You know, I mean, everyone probably knows that, mm-hmm. but he's just he's definitely one of the best teammates. What about uh, looking at your Twitter feed there at Gavin at Gavin Escobar eighty nine? It seems that you like sports, which is convenient since you play them, but where well, you play one professionally. But it seems I, you know, most pro athletes I meet do not seem like they love to sit around and watch other guys play sports. But you, you, you watch soccer, you watch uh, NBA hoops. Uh, what's what's your uh, what's your main interest outside of pro football? Um, you know, basketball was my favorite sport other than football growing up. But, uh, you know, I've grown to appreciate a lot of other sports. You know, my girlfriend plays soccer, so mm. I've grown appreciation for that. And, you know, hockey, uh, something I like to watch, you know, extreme sports. I mean, I kind of just have an appreciation for most sports out there and just enjoy watching them. What gives with extreme sports? I don't know what that what that is. I don't, you know, I, I I've come across it on the TV. It seems like they do the X Games every three weeks or so, either in the snow or out in the uh, in downtown LA. What what is happening there? Do you, you so you like watching the skateboarding and all that jazz? Yeah, um, I mean, when I was younger, I used to kind of do a little bit of that stuff, but ah. you know, I got away from that. But so I I, I don't know. I guess I just enjoy watching it. Uh, it's something different than. Uh, you know, the sports that are always on prime time. So, so uh, if know, you're something I've always enjoyed. If you're so again, New York City to San Diego to Dallas. Who are your teams then? Who do you who do you root for in each of the sports? Let's start with hockey, since you mentioned it. Um, I mean, I support all the Dallas teams now that I'm here, but you know, I'm still I'm still a Knicks fan. Uh, still a little bit of a Rangers fan, but you know, I still support the Stars and. I don't know, Black Tie. Black Tie behind the glass. You might have to cut this uh, call off. He just said he liked the blue shirts from New York. I don't like those Rangers. They're 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 one of my. <laughs> I'm from Pittsburgh, you see, and I like uh, the Penguins, and I don't like how you guys beat us last spring. What about uh, what about the Knickerbockers prospects? You excited with Phil Jackson up there? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it's been a while since the Knicks have really made a run in the playoffs, so um, it'd be nice if they could do that this year. Well, I agree with you because. It's cool in with with iconic franchises in the big time uh, leagues here. It's nice to see Notre Dame, even though I don't root for them doing well in college football. 
the Knicks would uh, be great if they could be relevant. And the Dallas Cowboys make the NFL better. Whether you hate them or love them, it is fun to see them back in the picture and being relevant here. So we wish you continued success there. And uh, hopefully as the season goes on, more and more touchdowns for you. Do I need to pick you up on my fantasy team is the question. <laughs> I mean, if uh keep getting touchdowns like last week, then yeah. – uh probably a good idea well jimmy graham i have him he didn't do anything last week he, i i got i got zero points from him gavin escobar would have made me a runaway winner last week if i would have had you in the lineup so i might pick you up if you can assure me you will get into the end zone on monday night against dc <laughs> uh i can't assure you know you never know it's gonna be like the game plan but uh you sure you, know. you don't want to call your shot right now you don't want to say for that poor that poor nerd i spoke to in the middle of the week i'm gonna score a touchdown yeah, I don't want to make any guarantees, but, you know, I'll be trying my best. All right, very good. Uh, good to catch up with you. Thanks for taking some time out of your uh, your off day there. And like I say, continued success to you and all the fellas in Big D there. At Gavin, uh, Gavin Escobar 89 watch him tweet about uh, all the other sports as well as the Dallas Cowboys. Thanks for the time, pal. All right, thanks for having me. Day. All right, nice fellow there, Gavin Escobar. Hopefully we will uh, continue to uh, to catch up with him, and he'll keep on catching them touchdown passes. All right, so that's it. Thanks to Elliot Harrison, Handsome Hank, Drew Statton, and Black Tie U behind the glass there. We will be back after week eight in front of week nine to break down the weekend that was and look ahead to the weekend that shall be. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love. Online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.